Amen. Can we do something? If you're a child of God, just stand up real quick. If you're a child of the Most High God, just stand up. And I'm even talking to the online campus right now. If you're driving, you can't stand, but just uh, <clears throat> should be watching online if you're driving anyways. But if you're, can we give a big applause to the one that really matters, and that's Jesus Christ right now. He's worthy of all of our praise. God is worthy. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I, um, I, I'm ready to go into my message, but I got I to share something real quick before we do. Um, next week, the men are going to be going on uh, our retreat to Alpine. And so we are only going to be having one service next Sunday, one in-person service. And uh, that will be the 8.45 a.m. service. So you guys aren't going to be impacted very much, right? And uh, uh, a lot of men are going to be gone to the mountains, and then some of you men are staying with the women, <clears throat> and that's, that's okay. We need, we, need, we need men to stay with the women as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we will be gone, and it'll be a good time. So... Now I'm going to go into my message. We've been on a wonderful, wonderful campaign right now. Uh, we've been on a, a small group campaign, and we've been looking at the, the, the questions of life, the essential questions of life. Remember, we, we started uh, the series with, is there any hope for me when I've messed up? We learned from the story of the woman that was caught in adultery that what religion could not offer her in hope, Jesus did. And there's not a person that's messed up that is too far gone for Jesus Christ. Right? Then the week after that, we learned, uh, you know, we asked the question, what is truth? And we found out that truth is not an it. Truth is a him. And it's Jesus Christ. And then last week, we asked the question and looked to the scriptures to answer it. Uh, why do bad things happen? Anything bad happened to us this week? Anyone have something that just troublesome? Yeah, all of us have bad things that happen because we live in a, in a sin-felt world. But we found that Jesus, again, is the answer. And no matter what we're going through, that uh, God will turn bad into good. And so today we're going to ask the question or try to answer the question through Scripture, what is my purpose do I have any purpose in life? Have you ever felt yourself that uh, your life is filled with maybe not any purpose? And you feel, why am I here? The second, uh, the second book that has sold more copies than any other book in the history of, uh, of books that have been written was titled, What is My Purpose? Or The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. That's the second best-selling book ever in the history of books that have been ever sold and published. Do you know what the first one is? The Bible, the Word of God. This is the most important book that any man or woman has ever had. And Rick Warren, from this book, wrote, what is my purpose? And so we, let's think about that. I went and did a memorial service yesterday in Saddlebrook Ranch, 
and uh, spoke to a lot of people, crowd like we have this morning. And the, the whole thrust of it is, you know, at the end of our life, you know, why did I live here on earth? What's the reason that I was here? If you can't answer that question, then there's a problem. And the reality is, we find it in Scripture that all of us have worth. All of us are important. There's not a person who's alive that doesn't have worth. And I, and I think about purpose because uh, after I did the memorial service, I went home and, and uh, we're in the playoff time in Major League Baseball. And I don't watch a lot of Major League Baseball, but when it's playoff and World Series, I watch. And I was watching a ball game yesterday. The Seattle Mariners were playing against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, the Mariners were down 8-1. to one. Anyone watch the game? Yeah, and so as I was watching this, this game, of course, most people were thinking it's over. They'll go into a game three. It's a, it's a three-game series, best, of, best of, uh, of, uh, of three. And so the Mariners were up one game. I'm not going to go into all that. I'm not ESPN. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN. <laughs> but the Mariners have this mantra. They have this model. And the, the, the mantra is that they believe in greater things. They believe that they can win even when people don't. So they play their games with purpose. And when they were down eight runs or seven runs and it seemed impossible for them to come back, not only did they come back, they came back and they won. <laughs> and it speaks to me from, from sports. It could speak to me from just different things in life, occasions, or maybe someone's life that there's something bigger that's in us if we allow it to come out. And that bigger thing that is in us is a purpose that God has given every person. A purpose and a plan to live out your best potential. And so I think a question that needs to be asked to this first service audience and everyone watching online is, are you living your best God-given potential? And if you're not, why not? Is it because of failures in your past is it because of difficulty that you are facing right now, a challenge or maybe a hurt? Can I tell you that the God that we serve and the God that we sang to right now is bigger? He's greater than your failure. He's able to restore you from your brokenness. He's able to do things in you that you could never do alone. That's why we meet together because we worship one who's greater than us. One who we need on a daily basis. Minute by minute. Hour by hour. Day by day. I need Jesus Christ. And we're going to read a narrative from the Gospel of John. Where the Apostle Peter. Let's just call him Peter. Was in a bad place in his life. He was in a place where he had actually denied Jesus three times. Jesus was sent to the cross at Calvary, and Peter said, I'll never deny you. They, everyone can, can leave you. I'll stand with you to the end. 
And Peter, I mean, Jesus told Peter, Peter, not only will you not stand with me, but you're going to actually deny me. And the sign of it will be that a, a rooster will crow. And when it does, you will find that you have abandoned me. But that wasn't the end of the narrative. We're going to see the, 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 the end or the middle part of the narrative where Jesus comes back to him. And I think it will speak to all of us about your life and where you're at and how much more that God has for you to accomplish. Because one of these days, I may be doing your memorial service or you may be coming to mine. Amen? And at the end of that, at the end of our days, there's nothing else we can do. But while we have breath, it's a gift from God. And as long as we have breath, we can do things for the glory of God. So we're going to John chapter 21. We're going to look at verse 15 through 18. If you have your Bibles, uh, I'd love for you to go there with me. It says in verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Let's just pause for a moment. And I want you to just kind of close your eyes, if you will. And hear the words of Jesus to you. And you put your name there. For me, it would be James. Do you love me more than these? Just reflect on the question that Jesus has asked. And Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my lambs. And Jesus repeated the question, and Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. And then Jesus said a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Another translation, the Pastor James translation says, you come into this world with diapers and you leave this world with diapers. <laughs> the, the first thing that I want us to grab a hold of, your, your, your God-given purpose is realized when you know this, you need to know that you matter to God. Do you believe that this morning? This is foundational to realizing your life purpose. 
until you realize that you are important to the one who matters, you won't find purpose in your life. One of the greatest things to, to, uh, to kind of have as your declaration is that you live your life for an audience of one. See, I, I've come to find in my 55 years of life is that not everyone is happy with me all of the time. Amen? But there's one who loves me all of the time, and his name is Jesus Christ. I matter to God. That's foundational. Why did Jesus go to Peter and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him? It was because Peter had failed Jesus, just like we fail Jesus. Your, your, your purpose in life is not to be perfect, but to know the perfect one. Peter needed to know that he had worth. That there's nothing that we've done that can take this away from us. There is nothing that Peter had done that would ever take the worth that Christ had placed and imputed into his life. And that goes for every single one of us. No matter what you've done, no matter where you failed, no matter the things that you said, I'll never do this, and you did it, God loves you. That love never stops. It never ceases. Peter mattered to God, and he mattered to Jesus. And, I, and notice that the Apostle John, led by the Holy Spirit, that he writes about this special conversation. And the reason for that is because we needed to hear it. We needed to know it. It wasn't an accident. And beloved, you need to know that you're not an accident. It doesn't matter if, you know, your parents were not planning you. It doesn't matter if your parents gave you up. The one in heaven who matters, your heavenly father, he loves you with an unfailing love. Kind of piggybacking on the World Series chase and how many have heard about this young man named Aaron Judge that is a wonderful uh, hitter, batter for the New York Yankees. And he just uh, surpassed Roger Maris in the home run, uh, uh, home runs for, for, an, for one year, 62 home runs, which is incredible. But the most incredible thing about this young man was that when he was born, that his parents actually put him up for adoption and he was adopted. I was wondering when I saw his mom on the, on the camera, she didn't, he didn't look very much like her. She was a little bit whiter than he is. <laughs> but the storyline behind there is that she and, her, and his father have loved him and given him a home that was produced by God Almighty. And that's what I want you to know is that you're not a failure. You're not an accident. That God has a plan for you. He had a plan for Peter. This is what the, what the Lord spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. 
With unfailing love have I drawn you to myself. And if you could take this scripture and own it for yourself, it would lay a foundation for your life and for the purpose that you have that would be strong enough to build through your successes and your failures. This Wednesday coming up, I will be going, my wife and I will be going to Grand Canyon University where my oldest son will be getting his bachelor's degree. He'll be walking to get his degree. That's a success. But can I tell you that my eldest son, just like my younger son and my daughter, who's the eldest of all of them, they've had successes in their life, but they've also had failures. I've had many successes. I've had a lot more failures. And the reality is this, is that when I walk in the love of God, in my successes, I understand that it's for his glory. And when I walk in the love of God, in my failures, I understand that he's with me no matter what I'm going through. And so when you understand the purpose of God for you, you understand that in life, things aren't always going to be peachy. Things aren't always going to be great, but you can always look to the great one who is our champion, as we sang about, no matter what we're going through, and he will deliver us no matter what we face in our life. So Jesus comes to Peter. If we look at verse 15, and he comes after breakfast, after they had their, their you know, chorizo and egg burritos. <laughs> and he says, Simon... Son of John, do you, do you love me more than these? And, and, he, and he's taking Simon somewhere, you know, and, and Peter replied, you know that I love you. And you need to know that Jesus, maybe even today, he's taking time in his life, in his schedule to come into your life and have a one-on-one -on -one with you. And maybe as he's asking you, do you love me? He wants you to look at everything going on in your world. And what's it doing to you? And what's it doing for you? Because he has more to offer than everything in this world could ever offer you. See, your purpose comes with peace in God. Your purpose comes with the joy of God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. His purpose comes to us with everything that we need. Here's the second takeaway. Your life matters. Not only do you matter, but what you do with yourself matters to God. Why, why did Jesus repeat the question? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter must have been just kind of apprehensive, maybe. I, just, I, I, I go into the historical context. You know, he knew that he had failed the Lord, and, 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 and he probably was still carrying that. Have you ever failed in something and you're carrying it? And, and you have to confront it? He had to confront that failure by meeting the one who he had denied? And many of us have to confront the failures of our life. In fact, you will never become who God wants you to become until you confront your failures with the love of God. 
with the acceptance of the Almighty, with understanding that he's got something bigger for you to do. And he says to Peter, why did he tell Peter? Peter had denied him. He says, take care of my sheep. I got a plan for you, Peter. I want for you to, to, to take care of the flock. I'm entrusting you to their care. It speaks to all of us. How many of us in this room have felt inadequate for the things that God has called us to do? Can I tell you why we do? And we should. Because they're bigger than us, but they're not bigger than God. You see, Jesus is a great shepherd. We are under shepherds. And everyone is shepherding someone. Amen? You've raised a family, you're shepherding your family. If you coach the team, you're shepherding your team. If you've been a, an employer and, you, and you've had people under you, you're, you're shepherding those people that are working for you. We're all shepherding somehow and somewhere. And so God says, I have a, I have a plan for you. And, and what you need to know is your life matters. What you do with your everyday matters. There's a start date for all of us. Mine was February 1st, 1967. And there's an end date for all of us. And my end date hasn't come. But you know what? It could come very soon. I don't know. But in between that, there's a dash. There's a dot, dot, dot. And in that dot, 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 it matters to God what we do with it. It was said this about King David. It says, David served God in his generation. He made a difference for the glory of God. And he had his successes and he had his failures. But he, he always stayed on the, the, the priority that, that God is the most important thing in his life. And that's for all of us to know. This conversation that Peter had with Jesus mattered. He would go on to become a pillar in the church. And there are some of you in here that are pillars in the church of the living God. There are some of you in here that, that God has called you to do greater things. And it goes way beyond sitting in your seats. It goes into pouring into the lives of people. It goes into to share the words that are eternal. It goes into being the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ and being the only Jesus that this world, this dark world, has ever seen. Because you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. And without you, this world's a mess because you have Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life. And Peter on, later, uh, later on, Peter wrote this in, in 1 Peter 2.9. He said, to, to all of God's people, you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. <clears throat> your God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And that's who we are as children of God. That's why we don't fear the things of this world, because we are under the hand of the Almighty God and He's with us everywhere we go. And He called us to be us, to be a royal priesthood. In other words, we're royalty. And we're all going to go before our Master one of these days at, the, at, that, at that end date when Jesus comes back, His second coming. We will all lay our crowns at His throne and say, you, to you belongs all the glory. That's who we are. We're, we're a, chosen, a, a chosen people. 
a holy nation. Isn't that amazing? And what I love about this, Peter's talking to, to God's people. And it speaks to me about my nationality. When I really think about it in an eternal scope, is a lot bigger than just being a United States citizen. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that changes your perspective and that changes your purpose. Are you with me? It's a lot bigger when you put God in the equation than when you look at it with the natural eyes. And he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He called us out of darkness. We are not the same people that we used to be at one time. Our life begins to represent the goodness of God because the Holy Spirit of promise is in us and works through us. Amen? And there is nothing that we face that's bigger than, bigger than Jesus who's in us. Greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. It's what the Word of God says. And believe me, there's nothing that we're facing that is bigger than God. So you need to know that you matter more to Jesus than all the failures that you've ever done. He came into this world for our failures and he did something about it. And as long as my failures define me, I'm not allowing Jesus to be everything he is to me. Are you with me? There comes a time in our life, beloved, that you gotta turn the page. There comes a time in our life that we're not stuck on the page of our failures, but we turn the page to who we are in God and who we are in Christ. There comes a time in our life that you got to quit throwing the dice of your everyday saying, what's this day going to bring? There comes a time that we have to stop playing Russian roulette with the days of our life saying, is this the day that it's my end, my demise? There comes a time in our life that we trust Jesus and know that every day is a day that he's made and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. The Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, we are God's masterpiece. That's a big statement right there. You're a masterpiece. Each one of you are a masterpiece. God is writing out a, 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 a beautiful poem about you. Your life is a beautiful poem, right? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. What does that tell you? That in your purpose, you're not the same person that you were at one time. You're new in Christ. So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Every good thing that I've done, I, I, I've done, you know, I've done four memorial services in, in, in four Saturdays in a row. This, this last four Saturdays have been memorial services. Yesterday at the memorial service, there was half of the individuals there that raised their hands to give their life to Jesus Christ. All of those things were prepared for me by God Almighty. I, I, I'm just there. I'm just used as a vessel. And every one of us in here, as the Lord is preparing things for us this week and in the, in the future, know that God has already prepared them. If God has prepared them, then they're going to be done if you walk in them. Amen? 
So the greatest fear that you have is taking the first step. But let me tell you, you take the first step in the purpose and the plan that God has for you, and God will do the rest. Here's the third thing that's, that's vital to us. You need to be aiming at something or you'll accomplish nothing. Your purpose in life is, is, is to understand that you're loved by God, you matter to God, and you're called to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. But you can never love God with true love until you know Jesus Christ, amen? Because our love falls short. In fact, I can't even love my wife like she needs to be loved without Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that God is love. And so without God, I don't even know what love is. So he's the centerpiece of everything that I am, everything that I do and be accomplished. But with that comes an aim, and there's a goal that God sets for every single one of us. He told Peter, Peter, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times he's talking to him. Here's your aiming point, Peter. You've got to be able to give them this. You've got to give them the word of truth because the word of truth is what matters. When I face my most challenging things in, in, in my life, I have to default to the word of truth because if I default to flesh, I want to fight. I want to get angry. I want to say things that are going to hurt people and in, in the long run going to hurt me. So there's an aiming point that every one of us has. Here, here's what the, the, the psalmist said. The psalmist says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your love is eternal. Do not abandon the work of your hands. In other words, your greatest you will never be realized without God. It will never be realized without Jesus. But if, if, if you put Jesus at the centerpiece of everything that you do every day, your greatest you will be accomplished every day. Are you with me? We all need a goal. We all need a name. We've got some things coming up. November, the first Sunday in November, we always close the doors of the church building and we open up our hearts to our communities by being the hands and the feet of Jesus. We call it Serve Our City Sunday. And we go serve in all different places. Why? Because the church is not a, a, a building. The church is a people who make a difference in the world. Now, now that's a, there's, a, there's a goal there. There's an aim that, that we're going to make a difference in our communities. And, and by what we've been able to accomplish through the grace of Jesus, uh, people's lives have been impacted for the good. Amen? But there has to be an aim point, right? We, we've been talking. I, I mentioned to, to, uh, to you guys uh, that were here last week, uh, that we're, 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 we're looking into providing a, an after-school program at, at, at the Oracle campus to start, and then, Lord willing, we can do it at the Kearney campus. And that, that after-school program is going to be, um, uh, the, the whole thrust of it is for us to provide a place where all children that come can hear the Word of God. They can learn how to pray. Uh, it's also aimed at, uh, at, at children that are maybe being led away from, from the foundation of this country and how this 
country was built on principles that had God involved in, in the, at the centerpiece and that also we, we appreciate and we respect what our forefathers said. Our forefathers, I have to believe, were led by God in a lot of ways in where they place things that are God-centered. Just our currency speaks to that effect, right? In God we trust. And so we want to instill that in children. So that's our goal. That's our aim. And so <clears throat> Nanette Sule, who's sitting right there, <clears throat> who has led uh, in education in a lot of years, and she said, Pastor, I would love to partner and to, and to kind of lead this for, for a while. We've been talking about making this happen. And so as we, as we begin to pray and, and ask the Lord for direction, um, looking at the date that, that we're going to set, which will probably be the, the most strategic date, as me and Annette have talked, will probably be in August to make, make sure everything is set in place so we can do it excellent unto the Lord. But there's an aiming point. There's a goal. There was an aiming point when this church was established here on, on Highway 77, way before anything happened at Saddlebrook Ranch, before anything happened at, at uh, Eagle Crest. They were not even thought up at that time. <clears throat> but the Lord had plans and there was a goal. When Bob Cannon said, we need to build there on the highway. This man right here, James Reese, God had a plan in all of this. I went to the Seventh-day Adventist church where they were meeting on Sundays because because they were renting the building, the Adventists meet on Saturdays. And I went over there and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Never did I dream that I would be the pastor of this church. But God knew. Amen. So there's an aiming point. There's a goal that has to happen. Your purpose always comes with a name. It always comes with a goal. I love the way that Jordan Peterson put it like this. I've been reading a lot of Jordan Peterson. Wonderful intellect. And he, put, he, he said it like this, an aim and ambition provides the structure necessary for action. Let's just stop right there and just kind of think about it. Without an aim, without ambition, it's very difficult for you to implement action steps. Amen? But if you have an aim, if you have a goal, then you begin to really hone in to where you're going. You hone into a direction. He keeps on going and says this. An aim provides a destination, a point of contrast against the present. Let's just pause. Let's kind of dissect that. Right? Our present state, the only way you're going to change it is if you move in another direction. Are you with me? If you're struggling with addiction, you've got to take a step in another direction. Amen? Right. You have to have an aim. If you're, if you're struggling with anger and you have this, 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 this bout, this war with anger, you've got to take a, a step in another direction where you find the peace of God. And you've got to go to that place. He, he keeps on uh, going. He says this. Um, and a framework, he says, within which all things can be evaluated. An aim defines progress and makes such progress exciting. An aim reduces anxiety because if you have no aim, everything can mean anything or it can mean nothing. And neither of those two options makes for a tranquil spirit. In other words, you're always anxious because you don't know where you're going. Are you with me? Now, Jesus, Jesus 
the Lord, the master, God in the flesh goes to Peter and he says, Peter, he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? There's a question. Yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Okay, you love me. Then I want you to feed my sheep. There's your aim. Are you with me? And then he says, Peter, are you, are, let's, let's, let's talk about it again. Peter, do you, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. You know it. Okay, I want you to take care of my sheep. There's a name. There's a goal. But Jesus wants us to be sure. So a third time, he says, Peter, mira Pedro. Otra pregunta. Another question. Peter, do you really love me? Lord, you know everything. You know all things. Okay, just want to make sure. Take care of my sheep. Aim. So that when you deviate, when you deviate, guess what you have? You have a naming point. You have purpose. Are you with me? Beloved, you'll never have purpose without a naming point. Who, who do you want to be? I want to be everything God called me to be. I don't want to leave anything here when they do my memorial service. I, don't, I want for everything to be extracted. I want everything to be given. Every part of me. When I got saved, when I gave my life to Jesus, I'll never forget this. I said, Lord, I was in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, uh, an assembly of people worshiping Jesus, and I was very new in the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. Everything. And whatever is not of you, I don't want it. That's an aim. And so guess what happens? Whenever we, whenever we say things like that, guess what happens? The Lord presents opportunities to us that are challenging and they're bigger than us. But they're not bigger than God. Are you with me? You see, I believe this. Not just because it's Living Word Chapel. Every church should think like this. Living Word Chapel has not seen her greatest days because her God is bigger than what we could ever realize. Are you with me? But you will not accomplish your greater potential by just coming on a Sunday or coming every other Sunday or coming once a month or coming Christmas and Easter. All of that is irrelevant to me. You will never find your greatest potential until you do this with Jesus. I want for you to accomplish everything that you have for me to accomplish for your glory. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to say that? When, he, when, when Jesus asked a third time and, and, and Peter got hurt because Jesus had asked a third time, it was the mission that mattered so greatly to Jesus that he repeated himself to the one that he loved. And, and I love the way that the uh, New Living Translation commentary uh, puts it like this. It, it, the the Jesus-centered Bible puts it like this. It was an epic moment for Peter because Jesus is offering his close friend his missional purpose in life. 
These words will direct Peter's steps until the end of his days. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Then take care of my sheep. Sheep need to be fed. They need to be nurtured and protected. Sometimes they need to be stopped from things that will harm them. Sometimes they need to be prodded to do things that are good for them. And sometimes they need their shepherd to lay down his life for them. Peter's purpose in life and our purpose is to give to others with the kind of passion and abandon we've seen Jesus, the good shepherd, already model for us. And every single one of us, beloved, this is so important. And we've got people from all over the country that are here with us right now in this in-person service. And we've got people from all over the country that are watching online. You need to know this. That doesn't change. That there's people in our life that need to be fed the spiritual food of God. There's people in our life that need to be nurtured with the hands and feet of Jesus. There's people in our life that need to be prodded to move in a direction that's good for them. Amen? Because their life is in ruin and close to destruction, and we got to move them into a different direction. We can do it with Jesus. He is that incredible. And, and, and none of us have attained it. None of us are, are, are perfect. We're, we're all striving. The Apostle Paul put it like this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I will keep striving. I will keep moving forward. I will keep moving in, the, in that direction of the cross, through the cross, with the cross, in the cross, to make a difference for the glory of God in my world. Understanding that every day is a new day. And yesterday's gone. I can't do anything about it. And tomorrow's not here. But for today, what can I do for the glory of God? And here, here's the last point, and this is a good one. I save the best for last. Live out your purpose while you still can. There, there, there's, there's coming a day where we can't do things anymore. Life is short and our days are numbered. The, the, the psalmist put it like this in Psalm 90, verse 10. 70 years are given us and some may even live to be 80. But even the best of these years are often empty and filled with pain. And soon they disappear and we are gone. What the psalmist is reflecting on as he's looking at, at, at life in that time, in that historical context, is that he's seeing that his, his life has moved so quickly. And before you know it, you're not able to do the things that you once did. Anyone in here, when, when you reach the age of 40, do you realize that you can't do what you did when you were 20? And you reach the age of 50 and you can't do the things that you could do when you were 30? And you reach the age of 60 and you can't do the things that you could do at 40. It's true. And every day that you don't walk out your purpose is a day that you missed out on living out your purpose. There will come a day in each of our lives when we will not be able to do what God has called us to do. And that may be physically, 
That may be mentally. I, I, I talked to, a, to a, a lady, I'm going to say young lady, you know, she's probably in her 70s recently, and she came and met with me, her and her, and her friend, and she was in the first uh, stages of Alzheimer's and dementia. And she came and she met with me. And, 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 and so we got on a plan, number one, a prayer plan where we're going to be praying for her for, for the situation she's in. And gave her books to read that were going to sharpen her mind. Of course, this is the greatest book to read that will sharpen our mind. And she began to read. Now, now here's the deal. that I, I didn't know this lady. I never met her before. I saw her yesterday at the memorial service, and she's sharp. Her mind is there. And she talked to me. She said, thank you so much for, for taking the time to meet with me. Look how well I'm doing. I, I need to go and, and see, you, see, see you again, go to, go to church. And, and the reality is that God can do things that we can't. Amen. So, so, so P- Jesus tells Peter, he says, that, he said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do what you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. You know, my, my mother had lupus and, and, you know, this autoimmune disease and her condition had her suffer with bouts of pains and the inability to function at her best at different times. But my mom, she taught me a lot as, as I saw her suffer with this, this horrible, horrible disease. And here's what, here's, here's what she would do. First of all, she trusted in God. Amen. Amen. But she understood the rhythms of this disease. She understood that she was going to have good times. And in those good times where she didn't have the pain, she would actually do the things that she was able to do and just really help out people. But then when she went through her bouts of difficulty, when lupus came upon her, then she would just take some time and rest until the day that, that, that she went home with her Heavenly Father. And so for all of us in here, I'm going to say this. Beloved, make the most of your day because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Don't, don't ever think to yourself, I, I, I would like to do this in the future. I would like to do Let me say this. Why don't you do it now? Why don't, why don't we, why don't we uh, you know, whether it's, it's by, by giving monetary blessings, whether it's uh, by going and being a hand of service to someone, or it's being there to, to help and teach. There are teachers in here. You're, you're called to teach the word of God. You've got that gift and you're going to be speaking in front of people, but you've got to take that step to let the Lord direct you and guide you. And so I'm done. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, you're good. You're a God of purpose. Everything you do matters. Because, Lord, there is nothing that happens in this world that you don't have your eye on, that you don't, that you, you don't identify. Your finger's on the pulse of the world. And, Lord God, I would even say this. Your fingers is on the pulse of our lives. I pray for every person that's in here. I, I, I pray that every person that's watching, that they will grab a hold of their God-given purpose, that they will embrace the greater good that you have in each heart and each life. And Lord, that we will live it out, that we will not leave anything untapped when we breathe our last. And Lord, we believe that you're going to say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. And we cannot wait for that day. We pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said amen and amen.